0: In the 23rd century, humans have colonized the solar system. For decades, tensions have been rising. Earth, Mars, and the belt are now on the brink of war. All it will take is a single spark. That's how The Expanse started way back in 2015. Join us as we flip and burn as we say goodbye to one of the best sci-fi series ever. Sasaki? Hashtag Screaming Firehawks, let's do this! yeah now look at us yeah. we have a little intro and stuff i don't know if i'm center but yeah there we go um so welcome to geeks with kids the geeky podcast from a parenting point of view i'm your host this week eric and i'm joined by by brad nine crime hawk how's, how's hey. it going man how's,
1: not, too bad. not too bad a little <laughs> little sore today and that i got my jab though
0: oh you got a boost in
1: is this, I serious, boosted.
0: Is, is this booster one? I don't know if we're getting another booster. I assume we are.
1: <laughs> uh, probably. Joke.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But nice, nice. You're not feeling down or anything right now? Like you don't have the... Surprisingly,
1: started out a little sore in the arm and that. Uh, had a little bit of a headache in that, but I thought this was going to carry on for the day, but I'm already actually starting to feel better.
0: Nice. Um. Yeah, when I got mine like that night, I was just like, oh my God. I'm so sore, and I'm starting to feel down. And then I was out for like two days. It was it was wonderful. That was that. You know what? Because I had, I had Pfizer first, and I felt a little bit ill. And then I had Moderna second, and I didn't feel ill, but my arm hurt a lot. And then Pfizer Mm. again. That's the one I was just like, I'm going back down. I'm down. It's seven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. We're gonna. (laughs) <laughs> ooh, ooh! Brent's in the chat calling us sexy motherfuckers, and hey. Mo- apparently Moderna fucked him up. I, I didn't. I was fine. It just really hurt. Like I felt it go in. Like Pfizer, it just went. I got poked. It got. It went in, and I was just like, okay. But when I got my Moderna one, I felt it go in, and I felt them squeeze it in. I was like, oh, that one feels thick. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think a shot's supposed to feel thick
1: the my first shot nothing felt nothing mm-hmm. sore arm later on second shot again felt nothing I had no reaction not even a, a sore arm but mm-hmm. like this one the moderna shot i got i could feel it i could feel it once it was in there and i could feel the squeezing mm-hmm. uh and then afterwards and that, it's like a sore arm started to develop, like, you know, within a half hour My oh, God, <laughs> of getting it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so today we're going to talk about The Expanse, which originally premiered on December 14th, 2015. Um, it's a sci-fi series based on the series of novels by James S.A. Corey. That's a pseudonym for two writers, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. Uh, the series mm-hmm. has received near universal praise, was canceled by sci-fi, then picked up by Amazon Prime, and then finally finished its sixth and final season on January 14th, 2022. If you've been catching our watch parties on uh, Fridays, you you saw the emotions. I mean, Hawk went through yeah. during all of those. We
1: I, felt every single oh. thing that was happening on screen. Oh. I, I
0: kept our finale one because that was the one where we were like the most extra, I guess the kids would say. <laughs> extra. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe one day I'm just going to cut in like various parts because it, it's timed up. So I could totally just be a, like us crying when Bobby went for We'll talk about that later. Um, oh my god! Uh, Brent was saying, you never felt the thick shot? Hey, wait. They tend to be sticky. I see what you went. I and see out. what happened Yay. there. You and son of a... Anyway. That,
1: it's speaks <laughs> with kids by night.
0: It is. Oh, yes. I should have put a fireplace uh, uh, like background behind me. To make it yeah. nice and sexy, I should have got a like a brandy and everything. Anyway, well, like we do every show, <laughs> well, we'll get smoke,
1: We'll get smoking jackets for next
0: <laughs> exactly next <episode>. embroidered <laughs> ones. Um, so, like we do every show, we're going to talk about the things we are currently hyped about. What we, what we're loving. What's good. What's good, Hawk.
1: Oh, I would love to say like it's some obscure show nobody's ever heard of in that, but truly the one thing that's being. Bringing me joy every single week is a new episode of Peacemaker. <laughs> Fuck yes.
0: <laughs> that show is so good. It, it has no right to be as good as it is. And it's. Hey, no. The (sighs) belly laughs I am getting from
1: that show I haven't had in a long time. You know, I found, you know, I find things funny and like, ha ha and that. But like, you know, I, it makes me question what kind of a person I am in that that I'm laughing as hard as I am watching him go through that rampage in that, in that warehouse in the last episode.
0: When he shot that old. That old lady with the shotgun out of nowhere, I died. I was like Dah! oh,
1: oh. Badoya's asking him, be cool, you know, just play it cool. Hello. <laughs> Damn.
0: That was cool. I'm oh you know what? It's funny, but it's also endearing at times. I've never thought it would be as endearing oh. as it is. Like oh, I feel him, bad for him.
1: Him sitting on the porch and uh, you know, stroking his you know, with his eagle and that and just oh. being so just being so like melancholy about everything going on in his life yeah you have no right to feel as much sympathy for him <laughs> as you do
0: Eagle is so good like it's the best looking cg character i think i've seen like i know oh shit! sorry uh brent hasn't seen it so we're gonna keep that spoiler free um the no eagle worry, is not a spoiler
1: yeah, amazing no. also peacemaker like
0: peacemaker shoots people <laughs> yeah lots and lots, <laughs> lots and and of people, people. it's people. so violent It's so violent and uh, amazingly violent. All the actors are great in it too. Um, Right.
1: They all have amazing uh, comedic timing and that Uh, the leader of the organization, some of like, some of the best laughs I get are just from his straight man reactions to how incompetent this crew is. I've
0: never seen him in anything and I really like his delivery on everything. Like the whole cast is amazing. The girl, like the, the, the regular team is the one we saw in the suicide squad. The yeah, yeah, the serious life squad. So uh, it was yeah. So it was nice seeing them take an expanded role because I thought they were good in the movie, but they're excellent oh, in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There there was a scene in the last episode where there there was like John Cena just started spouting off names like in a list. And it was it was so good. And you know that some of those were like improvised, obviously, right? They had to be. <laughs>
1: Apparently, a lot of it, if not all of it, was improvised by John Cena, uh, and I gotta give a big shout out to him because, like, you know, yeah, apparently he has had a rough road in that, trying to get like a role in a superhero movie, and that, you know, he's faced a lot of rejection in that, and the fact that, like, you know, he's got this role, which was, you know, largely like a B character, but he plays it with such love. He loves playing this character, and you can tell. You're suddenly muted to me eric
0: yeah yeah so 100% you can tell i definitely didn't just uh start talking with the mute button on shut up no. <laughs> um I, I i it's it's what i it's my joy of every week and if we could stream it at a watch party i would but um i I feel like it would just be us dying, laughing, and yes, Brent, <laughs> down, get him right now, watch him right now. Um, oh,
1: he wants to save him for no, no. He said he's ball. getting it right now. Which is
0: yes, we have we converted man. him. Yes, go watch it. Yeah. Um, there is there is one other show, and I want you to 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 maybe do a watch party with me. Maybe we'll get Brittany because the Legend of Vox Machina came out last Friday on Prime Video.
1: Yes, and it is. <laughs>
0: It is have so good. I watched the first
1: 3 episodes. Oh. You watched lordy. it? <laughs> I have watched the first 3 episodes. Oh boy. So I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, but Wow.
0: So what would you say if I asked you to pull on my motherfucking beads? <laughs> pull on my motherfucking beads. Um, I'd
1: say like he did an unbelievably good like James Brown.
0: Yeah, um like the, the cast like the all of them are amazing voice actors obviously because they're voice actors. But um, Oh,
1: I seen the I saw the list. It's like incredible. It's like voice acting royalty.
0: Oh, 100%. Um I I just like it's nice seeing this campaign wasn't um shown on their uh, on their Twitch, like they they were part of Geek and Sundry before they s- jumped off and did their own Critical Role page, um, mm-hmm. so it was uh, it was nice seeing a campaign that we never got to see, but we got to hear about. Um, like they they had um, they had uh, alluded to certain th- aspects of the story, like we knew about uh, what happened to Percy, like because they had talked about it but Mm. we had not seen it and the fact that you get to see all this history of these characters that we've like been listening to like their stories for the past what is it like six seven years now it's crazy Mm. like it's just crazy um do you have a favorite character on them on there yet Um... and why why is it percy
1: Percy is a good character. No, 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 then. it's not yeah, Percy. I'm, Percy's not I'm my seeing, favorite. I'm seeing a good is right my here.
0: favorite character, to be honest.
1: Uh, it's probably, what, Vox? Um, I'm, I'm I'm still learning names. The girl? That. I just watched some Vex? Uh, the brother.
0: Uh, that's Vax.
1: Oh, Vax, okay. Vex is the girl. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, they get We're him sorry. confused, too. <laughs> for some reason i really like vax uh you know the sleight of hand and that uh does he have actual magic or is he just you know mostly like just a, do you like want a talented, me to spoil
0: anything because you don't really want me to spoil anything because i don't want anything. i the, don't want
1: spoilers the best is just
0: <laughs> um my favorite moment in the first episode and i was talking to Stu about this was when um vax is like look for a f- no no was it percy percy or, or, or vax was like look for a fulcrum and Grog goes a fuck room <laughs> 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 and i was like oh my god yes that's what i didn't expect
1: from this show and that i like i'm not i i'm not a watcher of critical role or a listener uh and like the fact that they took this D thing and you know approached it in the same way they did like a show like
0: invincible mm-hmm this this is uh, this is basically what they are like when they're cuz it's just a bunch of friends playing at home so obviously they they try, they're trying to make each other laugh and, so, yeah. and the stuff that just comes out of their mouths um they're also like really good friends some of them are married to each other um it's just i i can't imagine what it would be like for matt mercer to be um cuz he was the dm of the of the game for him to actually take this campaign that they no one has seen And actually tweak it the way that you wanted it to be like to actually perfect it like that. That's got to be amazing for a DM. Oh, man. That show's so good. Sam Regal plays Scanlon, by the way. Phenomenal singer. Phenomenal actor. Best character, Scanlon. Prove me wrong, Internet. You won't. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that's what's good. Um, The news. You know, Microsoft has been a, has been all la-di-da about their acquisition of Activision. So PlayStation studios today was like, you know what? Let's buy Bungie for $3.6 billion. Yeah,
1: it, uh, unbelievable. You know, and it's so confusing to me, uh, you know, cause we're talking about in the messages and that, you know, it's like, so they're not buying destiny in that, which is basically what Bungie is right now.
0: They right? bu- They bought the studio. Mm-hmm. but the studio's like you know what we're not just gonna take away this you know multi-platform um you know game because it's yeah. built on no, all this it belongs
1: it belongs it belongs to the multi-platform verse that and it's been like that, that for a... what
0: six years eight years now i don't remember when yeah, the play... whenever
1: whenever whenever it made its debut onto pc and then xbox and it that, got so
0: it came out on xbox the same day as playstation 4 playstation 4 came out Eight years ago, when I got married, ish.
1: Yeah. Well, now the first Destiny came out for the PlayStation Four first, right? Yeah. That was 2014.
0: It wasn't. It wasn't time to clu- exclusive. It was the same time. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Anyway, no. Yeah. Uh. And then, so they've been working off of Destiny Two for the since 2016. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. 16, six years.
0: Uh, oh my god. Six years.
1: And, like, their whole goal has been to provide, you know, to have, like, seasonal content ready, like, year after year after year instead of actually working on, uh, like, a third Destiny or a new IP at all. Well, so. it looks
0: like they're going to be building on new IPs because any new IPs will be PlayStation exclusives. Um, but mm-hmm. Destiny, I like that they, they've they decided to keep this. It's like when um, when Microsoft bought Mojang, who does, um, what's it called, Minecraft. Minecraft is oh, okay. still multi-platform. But you know, it's I guess better on Xbox. I don't know. I don't know what the (laughs) thing is. I I I feel like PlayStation has had exclusives with uh, Destiny pretty much since the beginning, right? Like we've usually gotten like content first. I'm saying we because we're PlayStation (laughs) people.
1: Yeah, but weapons and stuff that weren't made available to Xbox or PC users and Mm -hmm. that. So yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's sort of crazy uh, because Halo was originally created by Bungie. Um, mm-hmm. And now we have the full series trailer for Halo, which I guess, I assume Bungie would have some sort of creative input to it. Or at least, I, I suppose. I like, don't know. Oh, or this three-four-three, because because Microsoft owns the 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 IP for Halo, but you'd right. want some of the original creators, wouldn't you? I don't kinda
1: know. Like at least the original story writers in that behind, and they should at least kind of get involved in an executive producer category
0: yeah i don't know the the trailer looks really good like visually it, it looks really nice they've added some characters that i don't know um mm. some human characters there's going to be more spartans which i enjoy um because halo is, has mostly been a solo outing right it's you against the world as master chief
1: and that world is usually filled with aliens that you're blowing apart so. exactly
0: exactly and yeah. it can't just be um it can't just be one person the whole time i mean it could but that would probably be boring
1: it would it would be in that and i think it would you know and the fact that uh, you know in the entire trailer you don't see master chief take off the helmet at all I think which is good
0: i hope they never take off the helmet
1: it follows a along the path of a certain other property that i'm enjoying right
0: now <laughs> exactly oh my god um yeah. do you know who's playing master chief do you know it's no. Pablo Schreiber. Do you remember who that guy is? I re- I love Pablo Schreiber. He's yeah. a great actor. It does not sound like him at all. Like Master Chief's voice sounds like Master Chief, and I love that it's him. He's he like six ha- something. So
1: he has had a long career of television and roles that I really loved. Uh, season two of The Wire, he was a pro- he was one of the prime actors in that. Uh- I gotta watch that so. <laughs> Porn, porn stash, in Orange is the New Black was probably the best character, and that didn't make it to the end of the, of the series, but you know, still some of the be- you know some of the best moments in that, even though he was a total garbage person.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was good at being the garbage person. And then he was on um, American Gods as Mad Sweeney, and he was oh, phenomenal God. as Mad Sweeney, even though that was, show took man. a dive after season one. Mm-hmm. Technically, season two was not great. Season three was that not h- was even worse. <laughs>
1: His whole backstory episode was fantastic. Oh, yeah! And as as an Irish person, and that with a, with an ailing mother right now, it it really brought out some tears. Oh,
0: oh man! Um, Brent is uh <laughs> is asking us question in in the chat. He's saying, "Are you really not going to talk about the dramatic reboot of Fresh Prince?" Which is which is starting on Wednesday. I forgot that that was starting this week, and I uh, I don't I, I don't know if I want to watch it. I, I I'm not. Um
1: you know it had its place and its time in history and that and it, it was largely driven by the fact that you know at the time i was a huge you know fan of you know
0: will smith right will
1: smith yes
0: i like i don't like if they had this show they should have had him like will smith as as uh as the uncle right like that should have been had. that should have happened
1: that that would be much better than just basically you know transporting it to a new time and locale and that you know this is yeah. why i don't know this is why i was wondering if the one the reboot of the wonder years is going to do well in that, you know but, it's already out is it not yeah it's out it's out already i just don't know if it's kind of gotten yeah, like a, a good reception or not you see know?
0: they went back to the 60s for that and i really wanted them to do what they did with the originals go back 30 years and and mm-hmm. see the 90s i would have loved to see the 90s <laughs> it's weird to say that now, but I would have loved to see it. Um lots well, of baggy you, pants and, if, and stuff.
1: If you're curious about that, then you should probably you know. Did you watch Yellow Jackets yet?
0: No, not yet. Um I c I don't know I don't have Crave and it's only on Crave. So I'm gonna have to you know, either buy a Blu-ray or, or find it, uh and or I was debating getting like my my parents login for Crave and just be like, Can I watch can I borrow this for a yeah. little bit? Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 they have my Netflix. It makes
1: it, it makes it so much worth it. It makes it so much better when you like basically share a membership. That. Exactly. Memberships have to be a communal thing now and that because, yeah, it's very expensive, um, you know, having like you know multiple platforms like I do and that, but it makes it worth it when you can just share it among other devices and that.
0: It's true. Um, speaking of sharing other devices and stuff, um, we used to have a Spotify account up until last week. Uh, like a premium Spotify account, um, a number of people have been protesting Spotify for you know Joe Rogan and his podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we we decided to cancel our premium subscription because we're like, eh, we only use it a little bit. Uh, we might as well move over to the Apple infrastructure because we all have iPhones and uh, the, I Apple- love the Apple. The Apple One subscription, which has Apple TV and Apple Music and then the video games, is only like a couple dollars more than what we were paying for Spotify. And I was like, and it's five people instead of two, which we yeah. had on Spotify. So we're like, there we go. Now I don't have yeah. now I don't have to have all my suggestions in my music be like bluey. Oh well, no, it will be bluey. I meant <laughs> um, it wouldn't be like Blue's Clues or. All of Encanto over and over again. It'll be other things too, which you know. My Spotify, like when I would go to my Discover playlist, it would just be like, "Here's JoJo Siwa again." I'm like, "Daughter, why? Why, why is all my music taste change? It's so confusing. It's so confusing." But now I'm, I'm the Apple one. I'm still trying to get used to the interface, but yeah, we we I decided to go that way. Oh, hmm. bye, Brent. His internet is crapping out. That sucks. Thanks for coming oh, by, Brent. We, we, we will. You. you you can listen to us when we release this and talk about how hopefully we won't be crying the whole episode, but you never know. We are going to talk oh, about...
1: We're just going to be gasping and fanboying.
0: Uh, yeah, you know? because we're going to be talking about The Expanse. Hawk, did you want to say a little bit about what the show is about?
1: Well, you asked for a summary, and this is what I could come up with that was non-spoilery and that, but basically gives everybody a background if they want to know what they're getting into. So in the summary... Three nations fight for survival and control of our sol- solar system. Earth, Mars, and the Belt. Earth and Mars edged closer and closer to war with each other, and their hatred of each other is well entrenched. Mars was supposed to be a paradise, thanks to the terraforming efforts of brave humans who traveled there centuries ago to build a livable world. Soon, though, Mars wanted its independence. Earth would not relent in claiming sovereign domain over Mars and its people, so Mars ceased its terraforming efforts and created a navy. Technologically more sophisticated than Earth's navy, but always outnumbered, which kept the war from ever truly happening. Martians hold on to a very bitter grudge with Earth. They look back with disdain on Earth for ruining its environment, killing their oceans, and polluting their own air. This, after generations of Martians living under domes for survival, trapped in a Cold War that ceased all hope of creating their new Eden. In between them, the Belters, generations of people who are born and die in space, never being able to touch the surface of a planet because their bones and muscle density from zero g are crushed under their planet's gravity. They are slaves to Earth. They are seen as wild, uncultured, and disposable. Their compliance comes under threat from the UN navies, which could destroy an entire space station on a whim. The Belters have no true governance and are largely ruled by the OPA. Considered a terrorist organization, but headed by a former Earther and a U.N. naval officer, Fred Johnson. And the story begins with a mystery. A young woman named Julie Mao, who barely survives an attack on her ship and her crew and watches in horror, as one of her crewmates is absorbed by a terrible sentient energy feeding off the reactor of her ship. Our first introduction to what we will know as the Proto Molecule, the solar system's first contact with intelligent alien
0: life. Yes, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal outline. Um, yes, that was much better than me reading the little uh, Wikipedia <laughs> intro. Um, the the show was created um by Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostaby, and it's show run by Naren Shankar. The mm-hmm. cast is phenomenal. The The main cast is Stephen Strait as Jim Holden. Dominic T- Tipper as Naomi Nagata. Wes Chatham as Amos Burton. Sheree Agadashlu as Christian Avasarala. Cass Anvar as Alex Kamal. Frankie Adams as Bobby Draper. Uh, Kara G as Kamina Drummer. Um, who else do I talk about here? Uh, Thomas Jane as Joe Miller. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, the other people are sort of in and out, so I don't really think there's anyone else we really want to... It's the the cast is so it's, good. It's,
1: like, it's a show that really it will give its a good portion of its showtime to like you know characters who pop in and then you know sometimes tragically pop out of the series. Yeah, um but it's yeah that's the core the core of the series is what you you have described in that Stephen Strait, Holden, Naomi Nagato. And that, yeah. These are the ones we form the family around.
0: Mm mm-hmm. um, How did you end up start watching? Like I I, for me personally, I started watching um, after season three. I, he- I had heard that it got canceled on mm-hmm. sci fi. Um, I didn't really hear about it before that because we don't have sci fi in Canada and I don't have cable, <laughs> which I assume it was on space. Anyway, yes, um, the my brother in law read the books and was like, you have to watch this show. We have to save the show. And then it got bought by Prime. And he's like, you have to watch it when it comes back. Make sure you watch it when it came back. And I watched it when it came back. I was like, oh, my God, this show is good. Um, oh,
1: it's still the smartest thing Bezos has done with
0: his money. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who announced it, I believe. He's the one who was like, we're bringing back the Expanse. And everyone was like, what? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know your story because I was part of it. <laughs> you are the story,
1: basically. You said, Hawk, trust me. You got to trust me. You know me. You know my taste. You got to watch this show. Because the fifth
0: season was starting, and I was like, you have to watch it. It's coming back.
1: (laughs) Even though I had tried. I had started on the first episode, and and I got halfway through, and I was like, eh, I got other things to do right now. And it sat at that halfway mark for months. Months, I tell you.
0: Yeah, and then you got it. And I was like, just get through it. It's a lot. The mm-hmm. first I know the um personally a lot of people that I've talked to, the first episode's very hard to get into. Um yeah. do you know what do you think about that? Like
1: So I wrote down a few things in that that i thought were kind of like the impediments of people really starting the show and that so it's a cadre of new people and they're all separated by different locations and mm-hmm. that and it meant that there was a lot of learning to do if you wanted to get in on the show in yeah that. you know some of it takes place in deep space some of it takes place on a space station some of it takes place on earth and that um it kept a tight lid on most of its important secrets and that mm-hmm. and you know when i say secrets and that the, the main thing i'm talking about is the molecule.
0: Mm-hmm. oh by the uh, way so so before we get into this we are gonna end yeah. up spoiling a lot of stuff so if we haven't convinced you to watch the show by now just just go watch, just watch it and then come back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah the proto molecule <laughs> is definitely the main crux of the first half of this series mm-hmm. if not the whole series we, we'll talk about that later
1: yeah but like it throws you this the first episode basically throws you into a mystery in that you know you know feet first uh you know uh you, you know we see like you know the the effects that it has on the you know whoever comes near it in that uh yeah. and also you know we have this mysterious element in that that we don't know about in that that destroys an entire like you know spaceship in that the canterbury no, mm-hmm. you know so uh, in, well, we in, don't even in, know
0: that that's what happens right in the first yeah. episode we just know that a ship has shot uh nukes at it at the cant. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the um fir-
1: can't be detected normally
0: yeah. and and Cass is like oh mars and so you initially yeah. are like oh shit mars is starting a war um yeah. the i i find it like the first episode is a lot about it's like ch- chess like they're putting all these things in place you, you put miller on God, which space station is it again? <laughs> it's Series. He was
1: on Series as a cop.
0: Series. No, but this is Eros that he was. Isn't he an Eros at, in the first? No, no, no.
1: He I, I had to I had to double check this because oh there's God. a plethora of play sta- of stations in that yeah. that, that, that operate and, in this show. Yeah. Uh he was a cop on Series Station and okay. He was a bitter, he was kind of a like, you know, like a hardboiled and bitter oh. probably dirty cop.
0: I know. had my hair off to the side like my head is, the sides of my head are shaved and I had my hair combed off to one side like his oh i was gonna do that on stream i forgot um um, yeah so they're they're placing all these people in all the spots but they're not connected yet so it's a lot of why are these people doing these things because they don't it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like a cohesive story or at least it doesn't seem connected like we know that there's tensions with this war based on the crawl at the beginning of the first episode but you're like okay so we have avasarala torturing a belter that's cool Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess cool (laughs) aaron writes like don't do that. Um, and then um, we have Miller and his partner trying to f- find this missing girl. And then we have um, Holden and his people on the the cant, just hauling ice at that moment. And then finding that that distress beacon. So I know it's a lot of it's a lot of placing things that are important later on. But there's nothing like super action-y at the beginning. There's 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 like the there's the chase like like the hard burn was a very exciting moment but a lot of it is is people i i feel like see sci-fi and totally expects an action type you know show sure. but this, this Either is
1: that or they're looking for something they're looking for something they haven't seen before right you know and yeah. on first glance you could say ah i've kind of seen this before mm. i've seen this before
0: yeah but yeah. it's nothing like you've seen like the the where it goes i I had no idea where like i really wanted to read the books after seeing the first three seasons mm-hmm. um but i didn't because i was like i know that the Latin, the next three are coming and i don't want to spoil it there's, there's that there's that idea of do you want the books because it's so true to the idea or do you want to watch it first and then get the full experience later which i think sure. for some people is better for me i think because i had already seen the first three seasons i think that that was that was a. Uh, the choice, yeah. Like for Harry it's Potter, I read the book first, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna read the books as they come out, and I watch the movies to come out, and they're all pretty sort of close.
1: I'm like on the fence about whether to read the material beforehand before watching a series and that, because basically, like after the first season of Game of Thrones, yeah, I devoured all the books. I know? did that too, actually. And- it call it really colors you going forward in that you know what it, like you know it, it, it takes you a little bit out of a series in that because you're basically like you know pinpointing stuff from the books and it's like as soon as you start critiquing it against any written material in that you're not really enjoying a show that
0: much. It's true and like they did really good um like after I read the first. Or the books after the first season. I was happy for like three or four seasons. And then mm-hmm. they ran we ran out of book material, so it sort of just veered off. Um that's our Game of Thrones rant. Secondary yeah. Game of Thrones rant. Um when the last book came out to now, um, all of the expanse has come out. So all nine books of the expanse. The first book came out the same year as Dance of Dragons, <laughs> and then the other nine books came out we still haven't had another Game of Thrones, so
1: yeah. And they promised the tenth <laughs> book this year.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Oh my god. um Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, back to the expanse because I'm just gonna be sad about <laughs> Game
1: of there Thrones. There are a few more points I i, I had yeah. to make in that about like how you we know, have people trying to get into this and that. One of the things I got to point out in that is like we do have two great characters in that from you know Shag Doshlu and from. Uh, Thomas Jane. Yep. Um, veteran actors. Veteran actors, but Thomas Jane being the only you know, and Sharag Dashu being the only recognizable talent. But at the same time, they were on a not like an A list kind of career in that, but you know, kind of stuck in the B. Especially Tom Jane in that, who mm-hmm. had basically he had been struggling a lot of years in that between like his role in The Punisher and To Hear in that. You know, but he had that TV
0: sh- show where he was a gigolo. Didn't he have that? What was that show? He,
1: I have, I remember that. I think I watched maybe a one season of it. I
0: think that went on for a number of years. What was that called? Uh, uh, oh yeah, was that him? Hung. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you're two thousand Right. Hung. There was I only two that, seasons. So oh, never two mind. <laughs> never yeah. mind. Yeah. So it's yeah. all sort of like bit parts, or he wasn't really a lead. But in this one, no. he, he took the lead, and um, yeah. you know what? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because because they're all sort of leads. Like you you want to say like the the Rossi's crew is the lead in the first season, but it's sort of all all these people because, of, like I was saying, it's all chess pieces. They're all really mm-hmm. important. One's not more important to, One does become more important later on. Like the crew of the Rossi ends up becoming the main focus, but um, in the first couple of seasons, it's sort of everyone is is important.
1: Absolutely. And that might make it a little more difficult for people in that. It's like, who do we root for in that? Because when you look at Miller, you know, look at the character of Miller in that, yeah, himself in that. He's this earther on on a on a, a Belter controlled space station, and that being a cop in that, and he's mm-hmm. not liked, yeah. you know, and he doesn't even really like himself in that. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, as a character, as a character, he is hard to want to root for in that. But mm-hmm. at the end, same time you got to invest the time in that because mm-hmm. by the end of it in that you're you are loving him
0: as yeah. a character I, I have, and tom yeah.
1: james performance
0: phenomenal um him as miller in regular miller and him as Molecule miller still pretty the same but sort of different a little bit i don't know how, very it's different. hard to it's hard to explain um i know that like when i watched it i immediately like i liked it i knew it was a little hard to get into but i also the first Battlestar, the mini-movie, the mini-series movie, was long. Like, I know it took mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, a long time to get it. Many people who watched the series just started with the first episode of the series and went forward. But the That's movie sort of how before— that, I got I, onto it. Hooked yeah. onto it. Um, so when I saw this, I knew that it was special. And there was something different about it as a sci-fi series. I, I don't know if you got that same feeling when you started watching it after the first episode.
1: Definitely. Um, And like going back to characters and that again, uh, it was the same thing with Shorag Dashu's character and that Christian uh, Sarala and that, you know, we were discussing her earlier in that, you know, one of your favorite moments from the show and that. And it's like, again, set up as a character that you probably don't want to root for that. And yet at the same time, when you invest that time and we see where her story goes in that. She becomes your favorite.
0: She is. She is amazing, and the fact that she connects with her fans so frequently and oh, like she's, so good, she's so good on on in not Instagram on <laughs> Twitter. A Twitter, yeah. Uh, she liked one of my tweets that I was just like a nothing tweet about her, and I was just like, "Well, I'm I won. I won the internet. I don't have I, to go on I anymore. I conquered
1: the social media." <laughs>
0: Give me my plaque now, guys. She liked my tweet. (laughs) Um, I think another thing that I really liked about the show is that it had this lived in feel. I I remember when George Lucas was um, I remember what George Lucas was talking to me about Star Wars. No, when George Lucas talks about how he built Star Wars, he wanted everything to feel old. And like there was there was a history behind everything. He didn't want everything to be shiny and new. Like you would see it on Mm -hmm. Buck Rogers or things like that before. And this show, like you immediately jump in and everything feels real like you look at the ship like the, the canterbury feels like an oil rig like it feel, uh-huh. felt real the space station while it looked very pretty in the first season um it felt like like you can see the grunge behind all the nice niceties it looked like a regular city um each of the the people the belt or each of the societies the belters mars and earth all had a backstory that didn't feel like just a little you know, shoved in one like i loved i loved that the belters
1: yeah yeah you felt all those long-standing tensions that Mm -hmm. they all had
0: and even just looking like the production design for all three um societies like the belters their tattoos their the language the creole that they spoke like i when i i remember watching it for the first time i was like I have to put on subtitles. I don't know what they're saying. And then I read the subtitles. I was like, oh, they are actually speaking a different language, but it's close enough to English. Like Creole is uh, close enough to French and English that people can understand it. But the Belter one had extra stuff. And I, I love that, that it felt real. Um, It didn't feel like
1: it's, yeah, it felt very based in, you know, when I hear it, you know, you say Creole and that, but what I hear is basically like that kind of emerging, like, you know, dialect from like the UK and that, you know, specifically kind of influenced by immigration from South Africa and that. And, you know, it's like the way kind of youth culture kind of starts to change in that with that infusion of new cultures, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. You've seen, like, I think you saw that New Guy Ritchie movie and the, the gentleman. Right.
0: I still haven't finished. I haven't watched it yet. I want to, <laughs> but I still haven't had a chance to. The baby. Um, yeah. But yeah, like even when I watched, what was it? Lockstock. Not Lockstock. Um, what was the one after Lockstock? Snatch. And you see yeah. Brad Pitt's characters and you're like, what is he saying? And I you're know. like, oh, they have their own dialect ish. Like, yeah. phenomenal. Like, they actually, <laughs> like, the people who made the book and you know helped with the the Creole phrases they actually released like a bunch of guides for it for people and I love I that they did they did that like I
1: I came across one word in that I couldn't remember I never had I totally forgotten about it in that goyle
0: which one's goyle
1: uh it was mainly though it was a uh, it was like with Amos and the belters and that when you you know uh remember the insurance scam on the passenger ship oh yeah yeah, and yeah, the yeah. one the no, one Belter guy kept calling Avis a Goyo, and I was, I was like, I forgot about that expression. Oh,
0: was it Goyo or Koyo?
1: I, koyo, actually, that sounds about, that sounds more like it. Was koyo. it koyo?
0: koyo is guy, dude, sometimes small animal or pest, disrespectful. <laughs> I'm reading the, the guide right now. I love, like, the, I love I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to send this to you as well. Also, the Belters had a sign language. I don't know if you remember. They didn't do it as much in the later seasons, but um, they would um, do like, cutting motions which means low low oxygen or they would fold both arms against their chest which means you know no don't do oh, that and because, stuff like that like,
1: they work in space all the time and, yeah. that, and maybe like you know there are times when they can't when they have no comms exactly right. especially oh. like
0: so the tattoos on their neck the 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 the, the, the black ones that are lines around yeah. like there's yeah. they're supposed to mimic the burns that the old belters would get because they're their helmets were so shitty that they would get burn marks around their necks. Like you could see it on um, on some of the older characters that were belters. Like um, what's his name? Ashford. Ashford had the burns. Um, the, oh. the, the dude at the the in in season six that joined drummer, I can't remember his name. You know the one who did oh, the collision. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had the burns as well. So like all of it, like I've always wanted a tattoo. <laughs> And seeing, like, th- they have, like, this whole, like, guide to what was important to each of these. Um, so, you know, Amos also had Belter tattoos as well, but also some other tattoos, even though he yeah. was from Earth. Um, yeah. I would... Yeah, I'm going to ask you this in a second. But, yeah, so they had, like, all the symbology about all of these tattoos on the show. Like, it wasn't it wasn't just them drawing pretty symbols. It was... Everything had a meaning. And that's what I liked about the show is that everything... Um, everything was everything
1: has meaning everything you you might think of it there really was there was no kind of throwaway characters even when they introduced a new character in that that you know maybe did one season two seasons at Mm -hmm. the most in that they were vital Mm
0: -hmm. they were
1: important
0: mad props yeah to naren shankar for doing that right like mm -hmm. not just importance to characters little people but the design of everything like everything was based on real world physics they actually brought on physicists and astrophysicists to come on the show and be like is our science right like we want to make our ships you know real like and like you see this in the first episode and i think that's what was really important for the show is that it felt really like everything felt real like they had to the, their propulsion was done in burst so that because they don't need to right you send something flying forward it's just going to keep going in space until yeah. they you know either reverse or they slow down with some sort of alternate yeah, which uh, force it, which,
1: is, which is really confusing when you're like you know kind of like a you if you're a sci-fi person who's grown yeah. up on like star trek and that you know it's like you have a certain idea in your head about the way ships operate in space you know yeah um but then you get into a series like this which is what you know we're referring to as hard sci-fi in that you know and it's confusing like as i'm watching this show and i'm thinking it looks like the ships are you know the drive is not where it's supposed to be And that why is the drive pointed towards the planet or the station that they're heading towards mm-hmm. and you then you know once you get into the physical planet, you realize yeah
0: they have like to they stop need to,
1: <laughs> they need to do this because if they don't they'll just keep
0: going and, and go through going. it um i think one of the the best um, so there's a YouTuber called Dr. Becky. She's an astrophysicist on YouTube and she explains different things. Um, she she's talked about the different telescopes that have been on Earth and like their importance, and she reviews science in movies and TV shows, and she did the expanse and she was talking about how crazy it was that you know in regular sci-fi, people are like, oh shit, we're going through an asteroid field. We're worried, but she's like, There's a ship in the first episode it's the the little escape pod that the rossi crew's on and right. it's going through all this debris and it's the little bits of debris that are more important than the bigger ones cuz the bigger ones just just are like they can dent it and then bounce off but the little ones can puncture your your ship and kill someone or you know depressurize the whole thing and she's like that amount of detail would not is not possible is not regularly seen on any tv show and like you should watch like everyone out here I'll put in the in the show notes what Dr. Be- Dr. Blah. Dr. Becky did an amazing job Dr. Becky of, of like talking about it she talked about how you watch the ships in space and they're constantly turning and it's because that's how they're building gravity on their ships like <laughs> the things that they had to think of like that's that's amazing that's yeah. amazing yeah.
1: And again, it leads us into the question about like hard sci-fi in that you know it's like what do we consider hard sci-fi in that? And it's like it's the real yeah these real-world implementations of what it'd be like for you know to be for our species to be out in space and mm-hmm. that versus like you know the Star Trek Enterprise we love it and everything I would love that, it but like it's a luxury cruise liner in yeah. that in comparison <laughs> to like real-world space exploration yeah you know? we have. Oxygen concerns to consider, and that we have like gravity concerns and that to implement water, water, mm. you know. You know, it's like remember in Battlestar and that, like how daunting that one episode was when the you know the the water tank was exploding Yeah, in that. yeah, they took that same approach here in that, you know,
0: but it was for it the, was the like, whole series. The whole series, um, I love like even like we'll go off of that. Um, you were saying that the belters. They don't have the same muscles or bone density because they've been living in space their whole lives, and they They're talk about this. And they sh- they show it when they go to planets, and it's amazing. Yeah, uh, like
1: there are treatments available in that, and I love how the medicine in the show and that is trying to kind of follow like you know things that are happening now mm-hmm. as far as medicine and that you know it's like ideas that we're conjecturing now. You know, it become like an implementation, like you know, many centuries <laughs> now. In there, three D yeah. printing and that, you know, like nanotechnology.
0: I I feel like like you were saying, like everything feels like it would be an actual evolution of where we are. Like I would love us to get to that utopia of Star Trek, mm-hmm. but this is way more realistic. A, a culture that's based on, you know, exploiting different people um Corporations making money <laughs> and like and controlling but, everything, like the the Pierre Mao and the Proto Molecule um, storyline, where they were trying to not only weaponize but you know monetize the Proto Molecule. Like that felt one hundred percent real.
1: I know, and it, it's so weird because like you know. It's all of this, you know, is not just. It's not just about, you know, money, money and anything. It's about survival in that, you know, because it's like we're faced with Earth, which is a considered basically a dying planet. Yeah. It's current. Its biggest currency is arable soil, and that to transport into space for Belters to be able to grow crops. But at the same time, back on Earth, there are thirty billion people in that, and eighty percent of them do not have jobs because there is nothing for them to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh I know we didn't put this. On our favorite lists, and I and you mentioned it the other day, but there's a scene in the first episode we're talking about soil, um, where the exo of the Canterbury has broken all of his plants and put it on the ground just so he could have his feet feel soil again because he'd been in space for such a long time that his mind just went nuts. Oh my god. It-
1: Played by the great jonathan banks i know, thought from, uh, breaking bad
0: <laughs> when i saw his name in the credits i was like oh it's cool he's gonna be like our tie from um, battlestar galactica and nope yep. he was there nope. for one episode he's gone um yeah well yeah that too <laughs> oh
1: yeah um but that is, again another genuine consideration about space exploration is like the loneliness and like the isolation of it all mm-hmm. you know and this show explodes everything so beautifully,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Um so we had talked about the proto-molecule being a major part of the story and it pretty much was the major um like the the, the idea that the story was based it, around for the first three-ish seasons and then we sort of moved to the the war in the, the sure. last three. What do you think about that change between the pro- like the proto molecule has always sort of been there but I think it's, it sort of sidestepped in the last two season. what do you think of that well, idea?
1: It's role change from season to season on that, because like basically in the first season, it starts out as our big bad, you know, like our, our ultimate bad, like as a series go, you know, if this were game of Thrones, it'd be the white Walker and that, you know? Yep. Um, uh, but you know, uh, it's first two seasons were like about the eradication of it and that before it could do the damage that they were, you know, that it was capable of doing with, you know, if it ever came loose and got in contact with like earth or anyone really, you know, not just, it, it wasn't even just about organic matter and that this thing could develop like anything it could, it touched, yeah. you know, it, into itself. Um, but it's role changed as season to season to season and that, you know, mm-hmm. You know with uh the end of with like three point season 3.5 or was it 2.5
0: three was when the ring came in 3.5 is where the ring came in really
1: yeah so three at the beginning of three was like you know it's you know it's you know descent you know after its descent into venus and the the exploration so i'm thinking it was the end of the end of season two is when we saw that thing emerge right Remember the the, the the squid the squid thing emerged out of Venus oh, yeah, in that yeah, once yeah, yeah. once it had got a hold of like the materials it yeah, needed Yeah when they
0: when they killed Adam Savage from Mythbusters right. <laughs> who's a big fan of the show it,
1: it just needed that ship cuz it needed to learn how to make a uh, how to make a spacecraft in this solar system Amazing yeah, and then uh, the expansion of itself into the ring, which was its central programming. Mm-hmm. The proto molecule it changed from season to season. That and it's like it became less of a threat and more of like this, like a destiny. It, mm-hmm. Like you know, I really get the impression that the mot- the proto molecule is destined to basically just become, become part
0: everything. of it. Yeah, you were saying yeah. that during the the finale. I like your comparison to the White Walkers from Game of Thrones because they were pretty much the major bad guy for the show um pretty much the whole run but the the bigger bad by the end was something that was lying underneath and that was Daenerys, right and yeah. we could say that that was sort of what the belt war ended up becoming right because they, the exactly. tensions had always been there the whole time and but we had always assumed that it was sort of mars that was gonna cause shit right but it ended up becoming right. the the people that were the lowest the belters that were the biggest threat yeah and it, was, a like, it was
1: really easy to see them you know like it was really easy not to see them in that uh, becoming the big threat you yeah know, because you know but as a society they were like basically they were like tinder you know they were just ready for that spark and that and then the show gives us that spark in season four.
0: Oh man and marcos and was having someone tied so so heavily into the cast into the crew of the rossi like um Mm-hmm. it it made it even more oh yeah uh, like I more mean, emotional like, like no, especially yeah. Naomi's it was her husband and child who's leading this resistance or I don't want to say resistance cuz they were sort of terrorists um, but yeah it, it
1: basically yeah i know it, like not it don't, it not only expanded like Naomi's backstory to like an incredible degree in that it's like like, cause our first, re- you know, the, like he represents like the OPA in the in the season four, but a more going extreme
0: version of the OPA,
1: right? Because like our first two examples of the OPA were like, you know, Anderson Dawes, you mm-hmm. know, who is like kind of the ground level guy, and I can't remember the actor's name, and he's a fantastic actor, um,
0: it, uh, Chad Coleman. It. Chad?
1: No, 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 that's Fred Johnson. Oh, that's Fred Johnson. Sorry. Uh, uh, Anderson Dawes was, um, uh, uh, was he, I don't remember. He was from Mad Men and like all these other great shows and that. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, he was kind of the ground level, you know, behind the scenes guy and that. Fred Johnson was like the face of the OPA trying yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it legitimate and that. But then you introduce Marco Inaro in that, who is basically a fanatic, you know. But he we also, wants the power-
0: yeah, we yeah, also he, met he, uh, Kar- Kamina Drummer and Ashford through the OPA as well. And they're a yeah. different, like, version of that. Um. So you see all yeah. these like people, like and drummer. Uh, drummer ends up becoming one of my favorite characters, right? So oh, oh, everyone's favorite. <laughs> um, and to see her like come from that, you know, we had always seen them as fringe, I guess, the OPA in the show, especially in the first couple seasons. But to see her take like, oh, you start to sympathize with what they're fighting for, right? You know that mm-hmm. what they're fighting for is something that's. Meaningful and it it makes sense, but the extremes that Anaros took versus what, you know, drummer or, um, any of the like Ash well Ashford was sort of like a, a mini Anaros at, for a short period of time. It's sort of hard. Like they they it's it's are
1: they're,
0: yeah. they're very great so. characters. Like they're not just bad or good. Like even Inaros like we felt bad for him at times, but he but his evilness. I don't want to say evilness, but his extremism. Oh, outweighed any any sympathy i had for him
1: <laughs> i know i mean like yeah we we dismiss them in that it, it, because like we don't see them ha- you know because they don't have their own navy in that they don't have planet in that you know it's yeah. like these typical things we associate with power in that you know and yet he at the same time he shows them like uh, the power of the belt and that you know and the craftiness and ingenuity and in taking inorganic matter, like say meteors mm-hmm. and finding a way to use those to wage war and like, wage war on a level that even like, you know, in a war between Mars and like earth and that they could never have uh, estimated, you know, yeah. just the, the sheer mass volume
0: like of, it, it's of ca-
1: his destruction.
0: It's crazy how, how. I don't want to say he's not crazy but um he's very calculating like i know he's not crazy because he's super no. smart in what he does and he knows that there's an effect on it. Hmm. Is he a little bit crazy hmm. that, he's the, the, a little
1: bit crazy but like his main downfall is his own narcissism,
0: narcissism for I, sure
1: yeah you know because like it, it doesn't become about the cause for him anymore uh, by the end of it it's about him and his need to his struggle to retain the power that he has it, despite losing odds in that because i you know you note that in season six and that things start to go really downhill for
0: yeah yeah you know? yeah his idea like his he wants respect from everyone i think when he starts losing that respect is when he starts really losing it and i love that about him um yeah the the show was like i said earlier famously canceled after season three on on uh sci-fi and then got picked up by prime video um There there are people on the internet that have said that you could really tell the difference, um, but in a bad way. And I was like, I don't see anything bad that has happened in the the last three seasons. Sure, the last season was six episodes, Mm -hmm. but like I would have loved to see more, but you know. Mm-hmm. we're in a pandemic and it's mm-hmm. sort of <laughs> there's a lot I, of know, stuff makes then.
1: everything so much tough especially like a show like this and that which wanted to maintain like really good production values and that is especially in in its outgoing season you know and they just couldn't do it now on the scale that people were want to see and you know, they everybody wanted 10 episodes everybody probably wanted 12 of us
0: yeah i wanted 12 episodes i wanted i wanted like Yeah, twelve episodes. Ten, even ten would have been fine. I like the six that they did. Um, I feel like that last last episode could have been two episodes though.
1: Yeah, especially the way they did it in the show and that because they gave us they gave us like an ending, but again, it doesn't feel like an ending. Yeah, which was kind of the important thing. In fact, it sets up more questions than it answers.
0: Yeah, that, know, and which, I like that. Which as was a show. brave move. Mm.
1: A really brave move. Well, let's talk about series. that.
0: Let's talk about the yeah. Laconia storyline in season six. What'd you think about it? like, So, it, to give context, in the, the sixth season, we get introduced to a colony that's on the other side of the ring on a different planet called Laconia. And we meet this family that's settled there, and there are all these creatures that are. Let's say inhabiting the area, and they have special powers. Um, throughout the the course of the six seasons, we find out that they're sort of tied in with the proto molecule. This this these aliens and dogs, which this girl who you know, God, she frustrated me so so much, but she was such a good actress because I knew that her point was to frustrate me. Oh my God! Yes. Um, through through the course of the like some tragic events, her brother ends up dying, and she takes her brother to the these dogs to have him revived because she had seen a, a dog do that to a dead bird mm-hmm. and like it sort of ends on that point in the season and we're like what her brother yeah. comes back and he's definitely he definitely when he's seeing things it's definitely what we saw miller like protomolecule miller see when he was looking at people and stuff oh
1: I mean it it's stunning in that you know you basically learn that the pro you know is you know not exactly what you think it is in that because like you know it it manipulates inorganic matter it certainly manipulates organic matter um maybe it also describe-
0: became life itself it,
1: is that what it, it has definitely influenced the course of life in that you know whether to a rapid degree to a you know uh, maybe it took a long time, but these creatures are basically, you know, creatures born of the proto molecule.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? And as we as we've seen with the protomolecule and that it's like, you know, life and death are basically the same thing to it. In the- I I
0: I I'm really looking forward to reading the last four books in the series to see because apparently the storyline is continued in the future. like because mm-hmm. so for those who haven't read the books like me but know about the books the first six books are what the storyline is of the expanse but the last so um seven to uh, ten are all set 30 years plus later um which is incredible like i like i hope they do a series like that because i would love to see what happens in this world in 30 years time because you know
1: i can i can see it i can see it happening in that i mean the word of mouth really good and that it's like and you know as long as we have you know people like yourself and that who are willing to torture and and (laughs) alienate their friends into watching it
0: damn straight yes
1: there is a good chance that we could get us you know maybe some movies or maybe a spin-off series on it
0: well we definitely have a video game coming out this year i believe telltale is doing a prequel video game set set around or centered around kamina drummer and like they brought Kara G back to do the voice. I Good. oh my god! I love those games in general, but having an expanse version of that, <laughs> who am I going to airlock? Everyone, why not? <laughs> oh. You have to set an example. Exactly, exactly. You need that respect. Damn it! Show everyone. Show Fred. Uh, <laughs> Fred Johnson that you want to be what it means two. to be true belta true belta not but, a well wallah um no. oh my god uh, man! i could talk about the show forever but yeah. let's talk about our five favorite moments of the show and why uh, is your whole list about amos and avasarala so tell me what are your um go through your five What do you want me to go through Mine five five first uh, I'll, I'll go, go through, through my, my yeah first. go for you guys yeah go in okay. no particular order in no
1: particular order. Uh, so I believe this came in season two in that, but Holden basically uses the Rothenante in threatening an entire squad of MCRN ships who fire upon this ship called the Synambulist who's escorting refugees from the Ganymede Station. In that. And it's a, one of those mo- those character moments in that where you just feel the chills go down your back and that, you know, because Holden is just holds firm in that this is the warship Rothenante.
0: <laughs> He's very stubborn.
1: <laughs> he is very stubborn in that. And he he tell he basically describes the no-win scenario that they are in and that his ship is capable of destroying theirs as much as theirs is destroying capable of destroying his. And he's like... It's... And knowing the whole time that they'd save their bullets in that because they had another war to do.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, my God. That's such a good scene.
1: <laughs> All right. So...
0: Um... Oh, oh you know what? Five. How about I? Do, how about I do one? We'll do. Yeah. We'll go one okay, off each we'll other. Okay, we'll trade off. Yeah. Okay. So my first one it happens in the first episode of season one, and it's the scene where Avasarala is torturing a Belter using gravity, <sighs> which is incredible. We talked about how Belters um, have different bone density and have no; they're not used to gravity. So obviously, having someone hung up on hooks, just standing like in our atmosphere, would be torture for someone. Yeah. Their their, yeah, their, or, their spines obviously crushing down on it. And obviously like all is the, just.
1: Their lungs are being basically collapsed yeah. under a under weight of gravity.
0: Exactly. So you know that this lady who had been introduced just a scene prior as this grandmother tickling her grandson you know, playing along. She's like, oh, I'm just part of the UN. I'm going to have to help someone. Um, And then she goes there and tortures this guy. <laughs> oh, man. It is. It is. It gives you this idea of this character right away uh, how brutal and amazing um, She is and you know that there's something you have to watch out f- about this character because because there's something Underlying that that she she serves a purpose and she knows her purpose, but it might not be to the benefit of everyone
1: and yeah, you're so thrown off a game, you know, Introducing her as a grandmother and that, you know, a doting grandmother and that. Not just that, but so regal and so well attired and she's
0: dressed so like elegantly. So you're sitting there like, how is this person who looks like a like a queen? She is a queen, by the way. Um, Yeah. Just, just there, like calmly. It's not even like she's angry at this belter. She's calmly torturing him, and that's scarier.
1: He has, (laughs) he has something she needs, and that, and she knows exactly, you know, the means to do it to get it.
0: Exactly. Oh man, yeah, love that scene, oh. so
1: let's see uh another one of my favorites from season five when Naomi has to do the spacewalk without a space suit.
0: oh, this scene was so we we watched this scene together like we had been streaming this at this point, right? Had yeah, we? I think
1: I, we were we were well into season five when you know we were doing like watch along episodes for it whew. um it was fantastic because you know. This have represented like a previous scene of hers, and that it was you know uh, her and the, her interactions between the other uh, actor Jim Beaver and that who, you know, who played the older man and that that who knew her from her previous life in that. and that was that Jim Beaver? Saved... Yeah. Oh wait, not Jim Beaver. Sorry. It... Were, uh, he he was also he was on Deadwood with Jim Beaver, so that's why. I, get that. <laughs> I
0: was like Jeez. Jim Beaver was also on Supernatural. I don't think that was him. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. You're right. Uh, this was I can't remember the, his name right now. So that's sorry. okay. But anyways, that he had saved her once previously in that when she was at a low point in her life and saved her from doing a spacewalk then, you know, meaning commit suicide and that. Uh, And he ends up getting taken out as well in that. And her intention wasn't even to commit suicide in that. It was basically her Naomi mind in that, you know. She's, you know, her character is a genius, you know, we know this and that. She was sent off to university to learn and that, but she's still belter at heart. She's faced with this impossible choice and that, and she chooses, you know, her found family. She needs to save them from this imminent threat that Marco has set up and that. And without a spacesuit, she casts herself off into space and that, to over to that ship that's docked nearby. You know, with just a you know, she has it all planned out. I can hit myself with a stem before I lose consciousness and that, and get inside.
0: Oh my god! Before it I, was
1: heartbreaking. You Marilyn. could see her
0: eyes like freezing. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. scene was so good, production wise, everything, acting wise. Brent Sexton is the is the character who played Sin. Yes. All right. Sign Sin. Yeah. And yeah. Oh man, seeing. And you know that Naomi doesn't want to kill him, right? So she wants no. him to. To get out of there, but, you know, casualties of this, you know, he's part of this crew and he tried to get in her way of escaping that that's heartbreaking for her and for her, her son who ends up seeing it.
1: I know. <sighs> yeah. You know, Cause he thinks his mother basically has chosen suicide over staying with him and that. Yeah. Uh, and, and The truth is, and that Marco made the situation so untenable for her Yeah. that, you know, she, and she needed to save her, you know, her found family and that found family is a really big theme in this show.
0: I think it's a good theme for everyone in everyone's life, because I uh, and we've been telling this to our girls is that you have family by blood, but you also have family by choice, and um, they're both as important to your life as as one another. And nothing's more important, right? Um, my second one happened in season three, episode seven, uh, which is called Delta V, and in this season we had seen a the ring was had been constructed. On the the far side of space, and no one knew what it was about, and no one sort of wanted to venture near it because it was created by the sure. part molecule that everyone had. You know, everyone was
1: tepidly they're, approaching they're this thing and not wanting to <laughs> interact interact with it. Not
0: exactly. And here, and apparently they have these belter belters that are doing these races around planets and asteroids and stuff, and just trying to get better times. And this belter is like, you know what? I'm losing my girlfriend, but to get her back, I'm going to go right through the ring. And so he's the
1: first one to cross the ring.
0: He's he's slinging himself and going faster. faster. He's he's already hit like a milestone in speed and he hits the ring. And we find out that there's a speed limit going through the ring and everything just stops in his in his ship. And he goes like everything just explodes. I remember when I saw it or the last time I was watching, I was like, Hawk. Wait till you get to this part, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> you're
1: gonna lose your Again, mind. <laughs> this is where the whole thing with physics and sci-fi comes in. And that, first off the bat, you know the thing, the the proto molecule. It should be noted in that is something that does not obey the laws of physics in any single in any way. And that you know we see it first in the, in season two with the you know with Eros, uh, mm. where it transforms an asteroid into a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> And again, with the ring, and that the 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 ring controls speed, um, but not that in the way you'd think that it's like it's not like a solid object in that. So his ship doesn't end up pancaking. His ship basically ends up going through like the equivalent of jello. But unfortunately for the guy inside, in that who's who's very squishy, (laughs) his body obeys all the laws of physics that we. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and he just sort of. No seatbelt is going to save him from stopping that fast. (laughs) Splat. Oh my God. That was such an amazing moment. All right. What's your number three?
1: Okay. Let's see. Oh, okay. So this is where my introduction to Amos as a character in that, not the first time we meet Amos, but when we first start to get to know who Amos is as a character in that, uh, it happens in season one, uh, where, basically their ship is the newly acquired Rosinante is about to be boarded by an MCRN uh, patrol fleet. And Amos picks up a firearm and waits at the, at the hatch and that for the first two to come in and that, because he is going to murder them because he knows he doesn't want to end up in an MCRN jail. Damn straight. <laughs> yep. And oh. he is, he's dead set locked and he's ready to fire on the first person that opens that door. Holden, however, in that with his code and, that and his morals and he's a, he comes from such a different background than Amos.
0: Yeah, dope.
1: He, he points a gun at Amos's head and kill those people. I will kill you. And Amos said, "It's the same thing either way in that. So <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it in that. But I ain't stopping me."
0: <laughs> oh my god, Amos is such a good character. Like I cannot give uh, Wes, what, what's Chatham enough props because <laughs> his character was so good and he was. He was, his character was so good that when we were picking baby names, Amos was on the baby name. (laughs) I was like, I love, I love this character. I love this name. Um, works for a boy or a girl. Exactly. Well, it was just, it was just on the boy (laughs) list, but Yeah. yeah, it was there. Um, my third, uh, pick is also an Amos scene. It happens in, um, season four, episode three. So they're on new Terra, which is this new planet that they had landed on, um, that also
1: ha- known as Illos
0: Illos um and there had been a number of disputes between um the people who landed and then the the corporation that had sent them it's a big storyline that I won't give I won't do any justice it's, it's to it's very complicated it's very so, complicated yeah. but the the leader of the the corporation that had landed Murdy, who's played by an amazing actor who's in um uh, Game, game, of game of thrones he
1: was in uh Bat- the dark knight rises as that little weasley guy he was
0: in um he was in torchwood which is where i knew him from oh my oh, god yeah right what's his name Torchwood. oh i gotta look him up quickly quick, torchwood oh <laughs> uh, why no not talk not doctor who why are you there uh by by burn gorman burn gorman god damn it. yeah yeah you got it um he was phenomenal he was such a good guy in, in torchwood and then ever everything afterwards he just he's been playing bad he's just,
1: guys he's a, he's a bad guy and everything yeah.
0: else yeah. so uh Amos is sitting there eating <laughs> in in the in the mess uh, oh no murdy's sitting there eating in the mess and you know they sit down together and um murdy who's very i don't want to say abrupt but he's very to the point wow. he's very um he
1: reminds me of that old British colonialist attitude. Basically. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Redcoat type. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be here. This is my land. That makes yeah. sense for that storyline, too. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's sitting there and Murdy says, someday you and I are going to end up bloody. Uh, something like that. I said, some Someday, yeah. I, I believe you and I are going to end up bloody. And Amos just still eating his food, looks at him, he's like, how about now? I'm free right now, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome!" And it, the the look that Amos gives him, he's just like, "As a matter of fact, we can do this. It's gonna happen anyway." It's like you were saying earlier. He's like, "It's gonna happen." Just, yeah. just oh, I'm getting goosebumps is, just thinking so, about this there scene because so i So many it.
1: Amos moments, like you know, like there's so many Amos moments in that. I had to, re, I had to go back and watch seeing that with between him and Miller. Remember after Amos killed his buddy. And that after he, the yep. buddy pulled a gun on Nate, Na- Naomi and that Amos just put him down like nothing on that, mm. you know, and then Miller came on the ship because they all had the mission together and that, you know, but basically he's on a ship with the guy who killed his best friend,
0: Yeah. Right?
1: The scene in the cafe between the two of them and that, you know, Miller's in there looking for something in the drawers, banging around and that. And it's <laughs> like, you'd think, you'd think a normal person would tiptoe around in a uncomfortable situation like that Amos. No nope. gets up and walks towards him and that, and drags his cup across coffee across the counter very noisily in that, and gets right up in his face and it's like, "You and I need to talk,
0: <laughs> yep, oh my God, um, did we ever find out why him and Naomi were so close? I don't recall them. I, it just sort of seems like they'd gone through the ringer together, and that's just why they were close.
1: It's weird because they weren't connected. They weren't romantic in that. Yeah. Although even Amos said, if she said yes, I'd give her. You know, I'd do it. You know? Why? But yeah. Amos seems to need someone in his life who has a moral compass in that. You know, and that explains a lot of the relationships he forms throughout the series. Mm-hmm. You know, he always gravitates towards somebody who's good in that. He hates bullies. I know that for sure. and that, yeah. even though he could be the biggest baddest bully on the on. I know, don't think
0: he would bully yeah. someone though, right? Yeah. He would oh. stand up for you, yeah. But you know, yeah, you might
1: not, you know, might not be you know, you might not like all the results of that, you know. But he stand up for you. <laughs> all right, number four for you. Okay, let me see. Um, I will say, let's see. <laughs> I did. It. Oh, okay. My favorite A- Avisserala moment. That's uh, you know among the many many Avisserala. That it is her confronting uh Aaron Wright that, that that's yes, yeah, yeah, and basically uses him to give a message to Jules Pierre Mal, who we know is behind at this point is behind the proto molecule and all the shenanigans that go. Uh, but she asks Aaron Wright to deliver him a message, and that you know that starts out pretty nice, but then gets into the consequences of what happens if he doesn't comply with that. <laughs> how she will basically turn his entire family into pariahs and that, and cut off all his financial assets and supports and that. And by the time he pulls enough strings and that to get rid of me and that, it will be too late. His Mm -hmm. family and that will be hunted and that. and No one will stop until every single one of them is nailed to the fucking wall.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she was so good in that scene. But even like Aaron Wright, like Sean Doyle, we didn't mention him, but he's there for the first three or four seasons, and he's phenomenal and everything. Right. Oh, he, his his storyline was such an up and down for me. Like, there are times when I liked him, and then most of the time I hated him.
1: <laughs> oh, you hate him. By the end, you hate him.
0: And then now, Ooh. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then now we have um him on Discovery, so we get to hate him again in a, different I know. <laughs> in a different way. We get to like him and then hate him. I don't think we've ever liked him, have we, on on Disco?
1: I kind of liked him on disco and that he seemed to have like an interesting story in that and like he was he was an interesting character
0: in that. You know? I guess the first time we see him I sort of liked him because he was sort of pushing um stamitz's buttons and trying to oh, make yeah. him look think of a side of the box which I liked
1: yeah we know we get the impression he was dangerous and that you know it's like you know and anyways that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a different. That's a
0: different podcast.
1: <laughs> I loved. It. I loved this scene in particular because of the added dimension in that between the two characters at this point. That she knew like Aaron Wright and was mixed up in Jules Pierre Mao's nonsense and that. And it's like you know, in delivering this threat to you know to Jules Pierre Mao, she also got to threaten Aaron Wright without ever actually threatening him.
0: Oh man, Aaron Wright though, after this threat, does you know some oh, very God. despicable things whoo ah man the writing on the show is so good and slash books um my number four my last two are actually from the series finale and it's it's a long sequence i couldn't just pick one little thing because if you had watched our um our watch along with us my brain started uh, exploding the minute they started attacking so there's a section of the of the ring that's being you know sort of um held down by a railgun station and yes. so the ross and a bunch of other ships you know go towards it send off some troopers like troopers um there's bobby and and amos and a couple other no-name people
1: manage to make it to the surface yeah
0: so they go down they not to mention the amazing space battle that happens right before that or at least them trying to get there they land through this amazing sequence where you can see them flying through the air and all the shit is flying around them and exploding. Oh my god, the special effects in this episode. But they get down oh. there. They're pinned down by the opposition. And they're just, you know, they're down there. But Bobby and all her badassery, you know, opens up the the hatch, starts gunning towards them, and Bobby's just getting... Fucking shot to shit, and her her, her pain. We know f- that we know armor. that power
1: can take a take a punishment in that, but it's way too much, and yeah, she just yeah. But she keeps pressing on, and that because- <laughs> she
0: pushes forward. She blows up the rockets, and the Rosanante ends up coming in to give some air support, and Amos is there. You know, protecting her, I got you Bobby and we're sitting here watching it, crying And oh my god, I'm getting goosebumps because I love that fucking scene, it's so good, the last episode was so good <laughs> but that it was so emotional, with- it's the the emotions and like, you're sitting here like Bobby better not fucking die, Bobby better yeah. not die because if no. Bobby dies we riot no. <laughs> I know,
1: Jesus I know. and it was looking so oh, it know. was so bad
0: it, well we started to no. spoiled it already but it, it was looking so bad, it. yeah um, and I think like when I saw um when I saw the Rossi come in and just give them some covers I was like oh my God, they're there! Look at that beautiful ship. <laughs> I love that episode so much. Oh, I know, so good and and like you
1: know to I you know, I love how it was an amazing callback to season two when we were first introduced to Bobby and that and we saw her in that training exercise and that, that that's exactly the kind of maneuver like trained to do in that you know running yeah. you know into a, to a heavy fire situation and that just to get close enough to send off those remote missiles out of her backpack
0: oh so good it's so cool oh, yeah. Come on. i wonder oh. who, how many people are gonna i don't know if i've ever seen anyone cosplay as the expanse people
1: yeah it's a little you know, because there's not really one identifiable. Con- i would go as a
0: belter for sure
1: Right, because there's there's tattoos you could do in that. And yeah. I think they do have a bit of a uniform in that. You know, definitely like a lot of black. You know, yeah. like straps.
0: Straps and stuff. I think it would be easy enough Fine, find. Uh, if you're out there and you you cosplay as a belter, let me know, because I would love to figure out a costume. Yeah. Not that I'm going go to go to any... Send uh, us <laughs> your picks. Not that we're going to go to any <laughs> conventions anytime soon. Yay, lockdown. Oh. Uh, Yay. All right, you're number five. Okay,
1: so my number five becomes in it comes in season two at the not, uh, Miller, sorry, you
0: broke uh, up there. What was that?
1: Oh, sorry. And comes from season two, the halfway mark of season two, when, uh, during the raid on arrow station and that when Miller, uh, was left <sighs> with a, a no win scenario and has to carry a nuke inside the station and that, and he finally meets Julie Mao. You know, yeah. And you realize that like, basically like this old broken down detective fell in love with this missing girl. You know and this is the, really the reason he kept pursuing you know the mystery further and further into space and that leaving everything behind yeah and when he sees julie in that who's become one with proto molecule, and that and like you know she, you know but at the same time is still retained you know she has no memory of like who she, you know no memory of the person she was in that she has instincts about it, and you know, she remembers Earth and that. But, like, you know, being in connected with the proto molecule and that, you know, she thinks that you know she wants to go home and that, but doesn't realize she's taking the asteroid with her and that. But they're meeting, you know, after like you know, a season and a half, and that, yeah. You know, you know the it, the mystery that brought him out into space and that and like their interaction together as they both basically like you know plummet to their death. You it's know? it's
0: beautiful. It's yeah. it's this unlikely love story between these two characters that I'd never met, but still were very intrinsically connected through this whole time. And man, like we don't really see Julie Mao in the show, but you feel like you know her. Like you only see glimpses of her throughout the whole series and. Yeah. Man.
1: And then that's what made it such a great, like kind of, you know, that aspect of the detective novel and that, you know, because he was investigating backstory and who she was and her came from this family of prominence and she had a lot of promise, but she threw, you know, she didn't want it and that. And so she, you know, became, you know, part of the OPAs in the Belters struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that know, that. Yeah. I love that that storyline didn't just end with Julie dying, because we ended up seeing her father Pierre Mao um, really in the forefront for a while, and then Clarissa Mao definitely for the last four seasons was yeah. a very strong character. Um, I'm gonna give a a not this is not my number five, but I do want to give her an amazing scene that I that I just want to shout out um, when she helps the crew in the last season, and you know she's passed out on the floor. And she turned, they turn around and she's like, that's the first time they called me part of the crew. And I was like, oh yes, that was what she was more like happy about. It's not that she did her job. Is that, that she's finally been accepted with them.
1: Oh, I mean, her whole storyline was like an incredible arc in that. And we, know, we should devote, you know, we definitely had, could have devoted a whole section of this podcast just to her character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, then we we'd also have to talk about you know the the reporter she was also really good we like there's so many like characters that have amazing storylines that we don't even get to talk do you remember diogo that belter that was sort of a a, a goofy douche in the first season and then becomes like a hardcore opa guy yes
1: writer? i remember yeah the one miller was hanging with and that who yeah story about miller dying and that he told me in that and he tells us elaborate story and that basically miller just told him to go get himself laid and that you know and he <laughs> turns it into a <laughs> heroic folk tale and that with the mural of miller in that, and that yeah like the savior
0: and but like and then his ending like he ended up stealing one of the power suits right that's how he his yeah. demise was oh my god like yeah ashford doing his whole thing like and then his song at the end oh there's so many <gasps> good moments oh, that we god. can talk. I, I, I wanted know. That was going to be, that's like in my top 10 was Ashford's final song. But my final one is, is from the finale again, um, which is called Babylon's ashes. And at the end of the series, after the Naros situation has finally finished, um, Mars, the belt and earth decide to sit down and hold formal, you know, negotiations to, you know, they need to figure out the peace, And the only way they could do this is to create an independent trade union but for that to happen,
1: transport Alliance, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Cause they need to figure out who's going to be controlling the, the ring and the transport in between um, that section of space to the other side of space. And they, they found out, they, they discussed that the only way is for this to be truly independent is to have someone that all three organizations would trust to, to, you know, to and run then it. Falls
1: on, once falls once on again, Holden, the yes. person
0: who just happens to. He doesn't want. You see in the first episode, he doesn't want to be captain. He doesn't no. want this responsibility, but he's sort of thrown into it. And that's sort of his story arc, arc throughout the whole thing. He just keeps on getting thrown into these situations he doesn't want to do, but he does it because. I guess his moral compass is really good. I don't know. He has a
1: good moral compass. He was, yeah. he was raised right, and that you know, it's like you know But yeah, wasn't
0: he raised in a cult?
1: <laughs> he was <laughs> raised and basically like I don't know this like kind of a, it's a weird hippie kind of movement. Yeah, you know, it's like multiple. Yeah, he, had, he had, you know he never lacked for family. He had multiple you know fem- yeah. mothers and fathers and that.
0: Yeah, they they talked about it a little bit in I think the first season was the first or mm-hmm. second season. I wonder yeah. what happened to his family after the asteroids. I never really talked about that. Um anyway, so they 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 um they
1: he's have him like become
0: yeah, he becomes president and at the first presser, the press um conference, he's talking about what will happen with this trade organization or this um trade union and how they would work out everything. And as his first act, he's going to step down because his vice president is Kamina Drummer and that this should really become an organization run by the belt because that is what they do and that they are the ones that need that. Um, they know what to do. They're they the proper yeah. people to do it. And
1: it's it, a job they've been doing their entire lives and making yeah. sure these supplies, because, you know, it's like, you know, we never really talk about it, but like one of the things that's, you know, vital to earth is fresh supplies of water. And like the only way that gets through is like the ice the belters help. Yeah. The ice and that, and that gets through with the belters and transport, everything. And that, Yeah. you know, and it's like it, it, you know, it's like there was so much tension in that scene at the the, the conference table, and that it's like nobody wants to give connections to the belt, and that after whatever they, they everybody had just been through in that. Yeah. But at the same time, they wouldn't they have won anything them.
0: without the belt, right? Like they needed. They couldn't the belt. ignore
1: them as a political power anymore.
0: And Avasarala, there's that amazing scene where Kamina, drummer, and Avasarala meet in that hallway in the. In the sixth season and they're like we're yep. gonna work together it's tentative because we still hate each other but we have to respect each other and uh and the fact that they go to that table and yeah they sort of respect each other but they won't trust the belt in anything even though they were there yep. the whole time and i assume the belt died more than anyone else out in that battle so yeah uh, Man, I loved it uh, the look that Ava, like the talk that Avasarala had with Holden right afterwards and she was just you sort of dress,
1: from the beginning yeah
0: she tried to dress him down he's like you know what it's what it is you gotta <laughs> you should should have done this the first place anyway <laughs> oh I my know.
1: God. it was just it's one of those great moments of like justice
0: yeah exactly yeah. it's it's what it's what I'd hoped and it's what I got that finale episode is probably one of the best series finales that I've ever seen if not the yeah. best series finale, other than the Good Place, I think it's probably my favorite one. Nice. Yeah. Um, Any hopes for the future for this series? Uh, are you looking forward to the video game? Are you going to read the books now?
1: Uh, yes, I am. Oh, they're still sitting here.
0: So nice and pretty. Hardcover. First
1: three novels and you know has this little, you know jacket with the expanse and that, the original cover. The yeah. actual.
0: Novel. Damn straight.
1: So, um it's i just you know part of me doesn't want to crack it open you i know, know you new
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it too because that hardcover is very pretty um i like that they kept the original covers too that that's nice and and the the hardcover is only like three dollars more than the soft covers so why wouldn't i get the hard covers um i'm Absolutely. definitely gonna read the books as well um
1: i love i love yeah i love the 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 respect they have for the novels and i am there's managing Market, you know the the TV show in with, but actually still affecting like the the original.
0: Yeah, that that reminds me of the beach. Remember that movie, The Beach, with Leo DiCaprio. Yes. I had the book yes. for years beforehand because I loved the book, and then they really? made the movie and. I lent, I lent my copy of the original cover to one of my girlfriends at the time. One of my girlfriends. That sounds like I was a player. My girlfriend at the time, hey, God, help help you. She, she took the book and never gave it back. And so I went to buy it again because I wanted to read it. And they only had the Leo DiCaprio cover. And now that's the only cover they have. And it's made me so angry, so angry that they won't, that they have not released the original cover. Mm. Or maybe they have now. That was many years ago. I haven't read it in years.
1: That happened to me, but not a girlfriend I had. It was my fr- my best friend's girlfriend and that who wanted to borrow my, my vinyl copy of The Queen is Dead by the Smiths.
0: No. And then they broke
1: up, and I never got it
0: back. Son of a bitch. It's like my original copy of uh, Interview with the Vampire. Never got it back. It, uh, anyway, that's fine. I'm looking forward to the video game by Telltale. We had said that earlier. I'm definitely yep. going to read the books. I'm hoping they do a sequel series, and based on everything so um naren shankar the uh the showrunner has had a couple interviews and he's like you know what maybe he's like he's like planting that seed in every interview yes so i was like oh if you have something just tell us because i want it i want it now just give it to me. oh it.
1: maybe maybe he has something in the in, you know like he's in negotiations and that he doesn't want to jinx it at the same time it's like you know, just keep spreading you know just Keep spreading the love and that uh, spread the love for the original series and that you know and you know we'll see what the future holds and that
0: exactly exactly um I'm gonna give one more shout out for one more scene that I just happened to remember because I'm scrolling down the IMDb it's uh when uh they so they go to the space station that was created by the portal molecule and it's Holden and this mcrn attack like team right. Mm-hmm. And Holden's oh, yes. up in the. He's sort of uh, yeah. So Simu Liu is the captain of this of this team, and he just gets obliterated. And I love that scene because I remember seeing it. I was like, "You're from Kim's Convenience," and then he dies. So I was like, "Oh my god, you!" Blew up. <laughs> also, Uma um, uh, from Kim's Convenience is in the first season as the MCRN uh, captain of that ship that gets destroyed. <gasps> and she has an amazing scene where she's where they're about to explode and she's like i i had no idea and she's talking about like cuz they had so much pride that they were they had these warships and they they assumed they would never lose a battle and they just blow up and you're like holy shit that that oh man she did such a good job in that scene go back and re everything f- now i'm re-watching the first season right now and it's so good it's so good except i keep on messing up the freaking station names because there's so many of them and they're all names i know, I know because they're based on the on the moons
1: right? Thierry, uh. Halos, eros ganymede oh they're, there's so many
0: they're so close oh man um any final things you want to say about um the expanse before we go
1: um probably like it, it's it's you know, it's kind of reinvigorated reinvig- a love of sci-fi in me and that, you know, get a little burned out on shows and that, you know, yeah. which is probably why I for the longest time and that because I was trying to, you know, I was coming up with reasons why, you know, like why in love with this show and that, you know, and it's like, sometimes you start to pick things apart a little too much. Yeah. Oh, they're trying to be a little battle star in that. Oh, there's a little bit of killjoys in that and blah. Oh, yeah. blah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, you tend to think, um, the, you know, it's a slow burner, it's a mystery, I'll just go find something more action-packed than that, but...
0: It's so know, worth it.
1: It is, it's rewarding in a way that a lot of TV series and, you know, and a lot of, you know, sci-fi isn't that, you know, you have, an, you know, this... Uh, you have a great cast of characters that you end up really falling in love with in that, you know? And it's like, and it like it gives you like Amos as a character is somebody, you know, it's like, you should just be afraid of in that. But like, again, they give you a little bit more here and there. We still don't know Amos in that. and that. Like he's so guarded in that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, Okay. One of my favorite scenes <laughs> <laughs> was when he was teaching uh, avisarella how to in in space boots and that for mm-hmm. the first time.
0: Yes. And, like, and he's talking about heels. It's like,
1: it, go go heel, toe, heel, toe, like you're wearing high heels. Uh, and she's like, how do you know what it's like to wear high heels? And he's like, I didn't always work in space.
0: Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Although I love that there are still some mysteries in this. They didn't just spell out everything. Uh, but his backstory would have been so good. Oh, uh, um, I, I, yeah, I... If there's anything I want to say it's like I would love to see more like more science than fiction. Like mm-hmm. I love that this is a sci-fi show where there's it's it's more science. Um yeah. and I don't think we've ever seen anything like that and I really hope we get to see more. This reminds me of like I feel like this and The Martian could happen in the same universe, right?
1: Right? You know, that's like the Martian could be the prologue for this show. Exactly. You know, like, or or not the prologue but the the Prelog? well <laughs> the marketing the martian the could basically be the first like yeah you know, one of the first settlers
0: exactly uh, that's what i was thinking too like this the mars mcrn was all started with a potato poop farm like that yeah. that's all that's that, that's our tagline for this show <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: trying to make the impossible happen in, in the it, you know make the impossible happen in a place you know that ugh, should not you know it should not
0: happen ah and, amazing
1: that's the dream and you know people are talking you know people are talking about it you know we've heard about elon musk and that and what he wants to do Now he's he wants to start a colony on mars now yeah.
0: and if Maybe he this uh, is the beginning and if he he, he isn't a like proto aaron right i don't know who is mm-hmm. <laughs> um so thank you for coming and talking about the expanse like i love the show and I, i'm i glad that you got into it um for all you out there on the internet What did you think of The Expanse? Have you watched it? Are you going to watch it now after hearing us babble on about it? I hope so. But let us know. Send us a a message on our socials. We would love to hear from you. Anyways. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We're going to come back in a couple weeks with something. I don't know what. We'll figure it out. Um, I think think Peacemaker is going to be done by then. So yeah, we might have to do literally. an episode about Peacemaker because I'm sure by then we're just going to want to babble on about it. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Thanks, Hawk. Thank you, Internet, for coming and listening to us. We shall talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at GeeksWithKids, and you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.